This is Docs in the Box podcast. A podcast about medicine, muscles, and more through the eyes of two physiatrists. I'm Dr. Amy West. And I'm Dr. Matthew Cowling. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Docs in the Box podcast. Today we have an awesome guest with us, Will Lanier, the founder of Outwad. He's going to chat with us today. A lot of cool stuff going on. Um, and I think this will be a great podcast for a lot of you guys. So let's get started. Will, um, I'm Matt. We haven't met before until today, but uh, tell us a little bit about Outwad. How did Outwad get started? Oh, man. How long you have? Um, so I started Outwad in 2011. Um, I was training um, just as a gym goer at CrossFit NYC and noticed that the queer community wasn't really represented in CrossFit. And I had found CrossFit a year prior and it was always like super supportive of me, super supportive of our community, but like no one was really there. Um, I mean, it's, CrossFit was kind of in its infancy then anyway. So um, you can kind of chalk it up to that or chalk it up to, um, uh, you know, maybe it just wasn't people didn't think it felt safe for the LGBTQ community, which is, you know, could, could have been true. Um, so I just created this little, you know, um, social group. We met up a random Sunday every month. We did a workout. We went to eat out into like brunch and whatnot. Um, and it kind of just kept growing every, every month we would have more people show up. Um, and at, at one point, kind of at its like apex where I was like, we've got to do something with this. We had over a hundred people show up at an event. Um, and I knew there was something to this. Like we were bringing LGBTQ folks to CrossFit and I was like, well, what can I do now? And we started charging people money and, uh, donating that money to different LGBTQ nonprofits in the city. Um, and then shortly thereafter, people kind of caught on what we were doing. By then we had a Facebook group and all these things were happening online. We were making t-shirts and, um, a gym reached out from LA they're like, we want to do something, Chicago, Miami. Um, and it just kind of snowballed into this thing that I had never, ever dreamed of it being. Um, and so that was like, that's like the inception of it. And then it's kind of taken its own turn into like non-profit status uh that was kind of like the next chapter that i started in 2017 i was kind of tired of working in the fitness industry tired of working uh not tired of working but we were doing work for outwad and outwad is bringing in money but it was for all these other organizations so yes we were doing really great work for the queer community at large but i was like how is this bringing people into our community and how are we providing, you know, how are we affecting change in the fitness community, in the wellness, you know, health and wellness for our community. And I was like, we're going to create a program that brings people into us. So we created the out foundation in 2017, which our first program was out athlete. So that's, we bring in 20 people, um, per year, uh, set them up with a CrossFit gym membership with a nutritionist for the year, um, clothes, shoes, food, kind of like everything they would need to be successful in fitness. Um, and then, you know, taking control of their health. And I was like, that's what we're going to do. And so that's what we did. (laughs) And here we are. Um, yeah, that's, that's, 
that's Outwad in a nutshell. Cool. And how did you sort of come to the, the sort of the fitness space, the CrossFit space? Because, I mean, as you were saying that there, it was sort of maybe not perceived as the most inclusive of places. So what, yeah. what was it? Well, how did you sort of make your way there? How did I find CrossFit? Um, in the dark alley of, <laughs> um, no, I was living in Dallas, um, where I grew up, where I went to college. And, um, at the time I was, I had owned a events company, event staffing company that I started. And I was on Facebook randomly. And one of the women that we had hired to be one of our bartenders had posted a picture of herself doing a pull-up. And it looked like it was outside. It looked really fun. And I messaged her. Um, her name's Erin. And she's amazing still uh, to this day. And I always give her props for bringing me to CrossFit. But I messaged her and I was like, what are you doing? What is this? Tell me more about it. She's like, oh my God, it's CrossFit. You know, the full spiel that you get from any CrossFit or your meet. She's like, and there's a free class on Saturday. You should come. You know, like the whole cell. So I'm like, cool. So I grabbed two girlfriends. I was like, we're going to this thing. It's called CrossFit. It's literally like walking distance from our apartment. And I went and um, it was everything I had ever wanted. You know, I did. I played sports um, all through like when I was a little baby, all the way through college. I was a cheerleader for 12 years. Like team fitness was my jam. And I... uh, I fell in love with it and I went to the owners the next day and I was like, I'm going to join your gym. And I asked the silly question. I was like, but I also go to Equinox. How, How many days a week do you CrossFit? CrossFit? <laughs> no, it starts and then you just start with like every day. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was CrossFit Dallas Central. That was my first gym. Nice. Uh, and, and that, you know, so you were saying that you, you, know, you started this sort of, it was almost like a social group in the beginning yeah. and then it transitioned to this nonprofit. and sort of what is that how does that happen like what is I guess what is the the process and, and how do you kind of take how did you take that to the next level you know I always live by this cliche of leap in the net will appear and that's kind of it's how I operate it's like in anything I do, I'm just like, just trust yourself and trust like your decisions and that always will work out. Like that's how I moved to New York. That's how I've, you know, taken every job that I've had or any position that I've had. And that's kind of what I did with Outwad. It's like, you can try it and fail or you can try it and succeed. But if you don't try it, you're never going to know. So the whole process was quite um, daunting I had done a lot of research on how to start a nonprofit, and it was very like, you should have a lawyer do this for you and pay them $15,000. And I'm like, well, I don't have $15,000, but I have lots of time and I'm very organized. So I printed out all the things. I had an island in my apartment at the time, and it was literally like documents and like, you must have these things and this thing and this thing and this thing. And I was like, all right, I don't have that, but I'll find it. I'll go online. I'll find a template. I'll edit it. I'll make it mine. So I was literally like creating documents and creating like official, you know, founding documents for a nonprofit. And you basically bundle it all up in a big old thick envelope and you just send it to the IRS in the mail and hope that one, that they get it. And then two, that you didn't do anything wrong. 
And lo and behold, like 45 days later, I get a thing in the mail. I was like, your nonprofit has been approved. And then I was like, oh, so I guess we're doing this. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty, I mean, uh, also as far as like reaching, because I think, you know, there are certain areas of the country probably more easily uh, accepting of right. of Outwad and, and, and what what you're doing. And how, how do you infiltrate other places how how have you found had trouble in that process or like we first started out obviously in new york like the gay mecca and then la and san fran and chicago like all the major metropolitan areas very easy to to reach out um we in our like infancy we would reach out or i would reach out to gyms and be like would you be interested in hosting and i would kind of target larger cities in states that, you know, I didn't know and kind of look at where the followers that we had on social. Um, And in 2017 or 2018, I think like right around the inception time, our first or my first like hired human was uh, Carly Buckley, who ran our social media. Um, And I really... Uh, credit her on building our online presence um, through social media. She's a magician um, when it comes to that. And we were able to, you know, kind of gain a lot of followers. And within those followers, they're like, well, I live in Little Rock or I live in Salt Lake City or outside of Salt Lake City in this little bitty gym. And I think they would love to do something. And so we just kind of gave these, these people, these athletes, these you know, supporters, tools to approach their gyms to host things. So it was, it's really the community. And, I, you know, I can take credit that we created Outwad, but I can't take credit for the growth of it. Like, it's really been a community effort and, and people really dedicated to, um, to the movement. You know, they know what CrossFit does for them. And even if they're in their little town and they're the only queer person at their gym, you know, they want to share it with other people and they want to be celebrated as an LGBTQ person in their community. And we just kind of support that, lift them up. And it's been really cool. So I like that you mentioned that, uh, Amy, I'm, I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, and I moved here in 2017. And I feel like there was really good LGBTQ representation at the gyms here compared to other places that I've lived. But I you kind of touched on this a little bit. I'm wondering, what do you see as the big barriers of entry um, in getting people and more people into the gym? Um, into the gym or into... I should say into the CrossFit community or into the fitness space. Got it, got it, okay. The gyms formerly known as CrossFit gyms. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, CrossFit had a bad rap for a long time of being a very bro-y culture. And, you know it still can be that way in a lot of places. Um, We queers have kind of infiltrated the space a lot. (laughs) Um, The gym I go to is very, very gay. Um, (laughs) And, you know, we can accredit that to, you know, LGBTQ CrossFit gym owners. Like, they took, uh, you know, a lot of people are, you take the chance of opening a gym being a queer person and it's, those gyms are the ones that flourish in the queer community because they are more accepting. So, you know, getting people into the fitness space was really hard, especially for those who had always been intimidated by it. So when we host Outwad events, 
we make sure or we made sure that um, everything we did was very user beginner friendly and we promoted that it's like hey you can come here if you've never been to the gym you can come to an outwat and you will have so much fun because you're gonna meet a ton of people that are very supportive so it's really kind of removing that barrier of of being different one right so they're going to be with a bunch of their peers and then two saying hey you can come here and you're going to get a great workout but it's going to be to your level so i think those two barriers were something that we were able to overcome um as we started to grow CrossFit and wanted to get more folks into the gym and we'll have people you know who've never been to a, to a CrossFit gym in their life come to an outwad and then join that gym and it's we love to see it right like <laughs> that's what we want yeah. um, so you know kind of just making it accessible and making it inclusive and letting people know like this is what you're going to get um, is really what what helped us um, to overcome those those big things because you know you'll have people invite you maybe not people on this call but like you get invited to a spin event for a fundraiser and people aren't going to go you're like I would never ever do that but that's because spin is difficult I mean it's accessible because it's you know one movement repetitive movement like you would think it would be accessible, but you know these classes are very difficult, and there's no kind of beginner spin. It's like you're in it or you're not, and it takes a lot of courage to go into some a place like that. So while those uh, those workouts are amazing, it's um, it's a harder barrier of entry for people who are just fr- <coughs> sorry. You can edit that out for people who are frightened of fitness. Um, so yeah. That's what we did. That's awesome. So it's it's really cool the way that that's set up to allow people is lowering, you know, the barrier. So they're going to come in, they're going to feel comfortable, and then you help them to slowly start to build self-confidence in what they're doing. And then pretty soon they're in it and it's flourishing. So that's awesome. I love it. I think that even does a better job to kind of explain what you guys are all about. I mean, what what is all about. That's awesome. Yeah. And you were saying, you know, the one of the the perceptions is this kind of broy culture that's been a bit of a, a barrier and i when i first sort of met you in person at the games a couple of years ago was when the the whole trans ban in crossfit was sort of being dismantled and kind of outlawed was being kind of um, brought into the foundation aspect of it um, can you speak to a little bit about how you were sort of your involvement in that process yeah so Gosh, so a million bajillion years ago, um, our now president of the board, Chloe Johnson, um, was, and I'm going to butcher her story because it is her story, but she was essentially going to compete on a team for a gym to go to regionals. Um, They were potentially going to make it to regionals, so um, Chloe sent an email saying, hey, just so you're aware, like, here's all the things like I'm trans, um, you know, whatever you need to know about that. And they're like, well, great. You can compete, but you have to compete as a man. Um, and obviously she (laughs) was not about that life and, you know, lawyers happened and lawsuits happened and all these things happened. Uh, but it blew up, um, um, throughout the community of fitness in general. Um, and Alyssa Royce, 
um, had reached out to Chloe and created a stink online and it uh, kind of blew up from there. So Alyssa has always been a really great voice for any marginalized group. Um, she owns a gym in, uh, in Seattle and has always been super inclusive. It's always about like that inclusive life, that inclusive gym, fitness for all, kind of that aspect. So um, Alyssa was very uh, tantamount to that first part of the fight. And um, obviously me knowing Chloe, like I met Chloe uh, right around that time um, she came to New York and, um, you know, just it, it had always been in the background of like, you know, competitive fitness is not really Outwatch thing. Like we don't give a shit about going to the games. Like we go to the games because it's fun, not because it's competitive. Like I said, we want to lower the barrier of entry, lower the level of, of intimidation. And when you have these huge athletes, like that's intimidating. That's intimidating to me. And I love fitness. So it's like, you know, we're not about the competitive side of CrossFit, but um, a lot of folks, and, and as we learned over the years of doing Outwad and doing stuff in the CrossFit space and talking to our trans, you know, siblings, it's like, we don't do CrossFit because they don't accept us in their competitive side, even though they would never probably want to compete or be um, at that level, like none of us are. Um, the, you know, the, Point one percent of the point one percent of the point one percent are up in in that level, and but that was we saw that we could never create that inclusive space within CrossFit before the trans community because there was that barrier of they didn't feel seen. So our biggest thing was like we want all of our community to be seen, not just the L G B random Q. Like if you're trans you didn't feel included in crossfit so um a lot of things happened on the twitter with russ berger and that whole situation there was an event canceled in indianapolis all of these things happened in this whirlwind of a day and a half that then made not didn't make anyone but uh kind of opened the opportunity to crossfit to put their money where their mouth was and say like cool here's how inclusive we're going to be. Um, and then at that point, they recognized, oh, there's this Outwad thing that's been around for 10 years. Like, we should probably get involved with them. Like, we, we had no, like, direct contact with CrossFit at all because, like I said, we didn't really care about the games aspect. We cared about the community aspect. And um, it was great to be seen by CrossFit and be like, oh, this is the work that they're doing. Um, you know, and they donated money to us and brought us, you know, into the games and we did all these cool things. Um, and, uh, so that fight was, was definitely not done by us, but we were, we definitely, um, were brought into the conversation, um, at the right time, um, to really elevate our community to show like, you know, we have 5,000 people a year who do Outwad and we were able to break down a barrier for the trans community to bring more um, of, of more uh, acceptance into the sport. Yeah, and I think that breaking down that barrier is certainly important, not just in the CrossFit world, but also in sports across the board. Because um, I'm, I'm a sports medicine physician. One of my areas of research and interest is inclusion, 
transgender athletes and, and, and inclusive, inclusion in sports. Um, and it's, it's a constantly changing, um, the policies yeah. are constantly changing. There's con uh, different, um, different policies for different sports. So uh, CrossFit actually, and the, the involvement of Outwad sort of gave an example of how this, this is how, almost how easy it can be. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> uh, this is not, this is, you know, there's, and I, there was a lot of fear. I think when the, this first, the, the idea first came out, I, I, you know, you'd see people on social media say like, oh, well now all these men are going to throw on wigs and start, right. you know, and it was like, that's not, no, that's not what it is. And it didn't, and guess uh -oh. what, it didn't happen. So, <laughs> um, but I think it was important to, you know, that that, that barrier was broken and, and everyone's fine. Everyone was fine. <laughs> yeah, look, look at this. Yeah. Two years later, we're, all we're all fine. We're all fine. So, because it's still not going to I feel like it also forces people who, you know, think it's controversial to educate themselves on the issue and then therefore they're learning more too. Um, so, everybody benefited from that move, I think. You know, even people who didn't want to were forced to learn. So, yeah, I mean, and there's a lot to learn in the uh, athletic space and the trans space. There's science and there's, you know, like beyond us looking at it and be like, you know, we want everyone to be able to compete. You have to have the scientists look at everything. And, the, and you know, it, it's, I will not even begin to tell you that I understand any of the chemistry behind it. But I also, you know, for me and for Outwad, it's not about the science. It's about, you know, they're able to be there because they deserve a spot to be there and they can be there and we want them there. So it's a win-win. Also, so, and that sort of leads to the next thing I wanted to bring up was that you, so Outwad has now, or maybe through the Out Foundation, has partnered with NYU Langone um, as part of the sort of trans health, in the trans health space. So, yeah. I mean, we're physicians, and certainly this is a personal interest of mine, but, you know, where, uh, you know, how, what is that relationship? What does it look like? What are you doing? Yeah, so we work um, with their uh, plastic surgery department. So, Within their plastic surgery department, they have doctors dedicated to gender-affirming surgeries. Um, so we work with that specific group, and every quarter we have a, well, until coronavirus, we <laughs> every quarter we've had a um, trans education um, panel. So they bring in doctors and nurses and uh, facility folks, and we kind of bring in a fitness, health, and wellness side to patients who are um, considering uh, gender-affirming surgeries um, or those who are already on the books getting ready for it. So it's like what to expect um, with all of, of what's about to happen and how you can prepare for that. Um, so we sponsor that. We, we, we speak at it. There's a panel of folks who um, have had surgery themselves and they're able to ask questions um, and answer questions. And it's a really great educational time, but it's very specific to uh, NYU Langone. We also work with um, their, their team to, uh, or we've worked with their team to create a sex education workshop uh, that's been specific to um, trans sex education. So it, it, we put it on a few months ago 
I believe. Um, it was online, as we are doing everything online right now. Um, but again, specific to patients who had gone through the NYU system, which, you know, NYU does about 300 surgeries a year, uh, gender-affirming surgeries. So, like, it's no uh, small potatoes when we're doing anything with their, you know, their roster of people who have uh, been in their care. So that's our, our NYU kind of latch onto. We're looking to kind of expand what we're learning with them into other communities so that we can, you know, help, um, you know, more people. So. And that, uh, that's a, real, a great initiative. And I think there's still so much to be learned in that space. So um, any kind of support and education that can be added is desperately needed. Um, and my, the next thing I was going to bring up was pride. It's, it's pride month. It's June. <laughs> and it's kind of a bummer because it's, you know, everyone's locked up essentially. And, uh, you know, pride's all about being with other people in the community, celebrating together. And this year it's different. So what, what is your take on it? How are you going to celebrate it? What, you know, what, any advice for anyone? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for, for me, um, pride was of always, pride has always been about visibility. Um, you know, pride parades, pride celebrations are always, yeah, they're great bringing community together, great bring, being celebration, but it's really about being visible. So if you look at New York City, you know, how many people descend upon the city for pride? Over like 4 million people descend upon New York for a weekend. And the parade is 7,000 hours long. And, but you see people come in from the tri-state area, from, from all over the world to come and just see the spectacle and be seen. And I think this year specifically, like it's been, um, it's hard to be seen, um, when you're locked up and, you know, all you can do is stuff online and, you know, after, two to three months of being online, it's like, I'm so over Zoom calls and so over, like, you know, if I don't have to do it for work or for, you know, what we're doing here, like, I don't want to be on it. Like, I'm not doing Zoom happy hours. I'm not doing that stuff. But it's kind of like that's our only outlet right now. So, um, and for us specifically at the Out Foundation, like, we usually raise $100,000 in June and we're raising maybe a tenth of that. So most of our funding comes in June, and this has just really been a bummer to our operating costs. So we're pivoting, restructuring, you know, budgeting like a crazy person just to make sure that we're around to, you know, have these conversations next year. So um, the way that we're celebrating is really, you know, over the last 11 weeks, 12 weeks, we've been doing workouts from home and highlighting LGBTQ instructors so that they can be seen um, and allowing people to you know, attend these classes for free so that they can have community. And again, have that sense of being seen and supporting each other in a small space or from home digitally. And I think that's what Pride is gonna be now for this year is just, you know, how can we still maintain that sense of being seen, being heard, and then being around, as you said, our community and celebrating 
um, even though we're six plus feet apart <laughs> um, or miles. Exactly. I mean, is any any tips for I guess for people to to be visible? Like how 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 does one how is one visible these days? Online, yeah, very difficult. Um, you know what what we we look at and we we tell people um, and what we've been able to do, especially online lately. Uh, you know, gyms in June are always posting about yeah Pride Month. You know, this is great. We want to see them. And, you know, if you're a gym goer, if you're an athlete and your gym hasn't done anything like that, it's worth a conversation. So not forcing yourself upon anyone, but be say, hey, you know, last year we did something for Pride. This year, what can we do? And if that's hosting a digital outlet, cool. But if that's just like posting something on there, you know, your online programming, like your at-home programming, because a lot of gyms are still doing Zoom calls, like, can we do a Pride workout that's you know, home friendly so that the gym members can see that, oh, that's still Pride Month. So kind of forcing these bigger companies and even your community leaders to uh, be visible. Um, and you can also, you know, like wear a t-shirt, post it on the internet, like whatever, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, but just really showing up and being a part of the conversation, which now more than ever seems very, very important. Yeah. And I can attest to that because, I mean, last year when I was living up in Portland and I brought up the idea of doing something, it, they, t- so at Casco Bay yep. Fitness, whatever they're calling themselves these days, but Casco Bay Fit. Fit, um, <laughs> they took the concept and just like ran away with it. And oh, yeah. it became such an amazing event. People from all over uh, participated they like smashed the record for the amount of money raised. Like yeah. it was so, it was so great to see. And, um, you know, it was sort of Did like, you see oh, they're doing this weekend. weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. The ice cream social yeah. Yeah. Socially distant social. Yeah. yeah. Beth is oh, nice. She is like going for it. But it was, you know, it was something that, you know, I had mentioned in passing and they're like, yeah, okay. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, it just became this huge thing. So it was so great to see. And, you know, they yeah. want to make it a, a yearly thing and they're doing stuff all oh, year round, you know? Our first chapter is in Portland. We have a whole board of directors just for Portland or, or Portland, Maine. Um, so that team is incredible, and their their um, their passion and their dedication to LGBTQ health, wellness, and fitness, like in the city of Portland, is is it's a sight to be seen. Like I had a call with Beth today. Beth is the president of the board up there, and there, you can just hear the passion in, in, in her voice and her dedication to the athletes that we have there. Um, and it's, I, I I love to see it. It's it's it, it like makes my heart really warm. Don't make me cry on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> try, to, try to hold back the tears. But is the plan to have other boards in other places? Yeah. Yeah, our goal is, so we were in the process of developing a board um, for Southern Florida um, with a couple of gyms there before coronavirus. So our goal is to launch a bunch of different um, satellite chapters so that each chapter can support an athlete or two in their area um, for our, our like success program. So of those 20, 
So we support those nationally, 20, but if we add more chapters, our goal is to raise more money who can then support directly within that community. And those athletes would have a go-to team within their space. Because right now we have 20 athletes that all come to our national folks that run the program. They don't have someone that they can see every day at the gym or be a part of like smaller events. So Portland specifically does social events pretty much every month. And it's something that the athlete can go to, that the board goes to, that the community can go to. So our goal is to really kind of take this massive scale of a thing and drive it you know, into these smaller, not smaller communities, but um, more focused communities. So we're not a national, just this big national thing. It's like, oh, did you see what the Out Foundation did this weekend in Minneapolis? It was really fun. Like, And then you see the impact that we have in that small community or in that city um, instead of just being there once a year. We're now there every month. And that's the goal is to like be a face and be a, a, a change maker in the local communities. Um, so. And like, so what's, I guess, what's next? What's on the horizon for Outlawed? As, as... Well, um, breaking news here on Docs in a Box. We will be moving away from the Outlawed name soon. Um, for reasons I'm sure we're about to discuss. Um, and, but to open up our, our engagement with other types of fitness. So Outlawed was very focused, centered on CrossFit. And we noticed that we weren't able to reach other types of fitness and other people who, you know, enjoy other types of community fitness, be it, you know, Barry's Boot Camp or Soul Cycle or a kickboxing gym, which they all have their own communities and their own, you know, uh, groups of people that, that run in circles there. So, um, Outwad will soon become out something else. Um, TBD, uh, it's out for a vote right now. So that's kind of on the horizon, um, for Outwad. We're going to be kind of doing a little restructuring as far as staff and, and, um, leadership it's going to be a really cool time in the next few months on see how things change and how things grow and obviously we'll have chapters popping up soon um so those are like still in the works so a lot of growth a lot of change you know taking um just like turning the page a next a new chapter for what we're doing and you know we've been a nonprofit now for three years and i think um change is always inevitable and Change always brings about some good stuff. So really excited about the next. We're leveling up. I mean, was, was, were these changes kind of in the works already or were they sort of more as a result of kind of recent uh, events? Um, the name change was not in the works, but everything else had been in the works, yeah. Um, we were toying with developing a whole new program for the different fitness stuff. Um, out lift, out pedal, out whatever, but things are, we've been given an opportunity to really, um, to really make a change in a big way across our organization. Yeah, so I guess that sort of leads us to 
kind of the elephant in the room, if you will. Um, you know, so I, before we before we started recording, I, I explained that you know we set up this Zoom meeting uh, before the kind of the CrossFit world caught fire. So, um, you know, we just we're all, we're all kind of seeing what happens and figuring out what's going on. Um, and as far as, you know, we want, if you wanted to, add, to, to say anything about it, to make a statement, oh. to, oh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I figured you would, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, this is, we kind of, I think part of, part of what we've sort of seen across the board is having conversations uh, is a good thing. And, you know, letting people talk rationally about their feelings and their ideas is a good thing. So, you know, we as, as physicians, you know, are, are, you know, we're just trying to be as open-minded and objective as possible in all aspects. So, um, yeah, so we, 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 I'll say one more thing before I let you go. Um, but you know, I think we, we spent the past, you know, however many minutes talking about sort of the, how the CrossFit has brought us all together and, and the value in that and, um, how we all have, you know, at times felt like we found a home in, in, in it, um, and the good work that has come as a result. Um, and, you know, now things are, being shaken up and people are branching off and you know there's a lot of things at play now uh it's different and um i i wanted to hear your thoughts about that yeah for sure um i'll start with like quarantine and the importance not the importance of quarantine i'll let you do that you're the physician but what quarantine has forced a lot of people to do. For me specifically, quarantine has allowed me space to reflect on, you know, life choices, what my future looks like, who my friends are, like where I am in life. And with that, like, introspection, you have to make changes and you have to grow. And I think... um if you have gone through quarantine and you haven't looked at your life or given any reflection, I think um, you're missing out on that opportunity because it is an opportunity, right? When are you ever going to be forced to stay home, forced to slow down just a bit and kind of reassess everything? And I think that's really important. But I think that, um, that having happened to the world has allowed us this space to see um, kind of things for what they are. So when Greg made those statements or lack of statement, or when CrossFit, I'll say, when CrossFit had a lack of a statement, it was very visible because people have been looking and listening more. And I think that amplified this desire for a statement and support of the black community. And when CrossFit decided not to say anything and then, you know, compound that or throw fuel on the flame of tweets and then recordings on a Zoom call and all of these terrible things that shouldn't have ever been said or tweeted about or, you know, with, with, without care, 
like we're all looking now, right? Our eyes are open from introspection, from being in quarantine so long. So we're looking and really assessing the the things that are needed in life and the things that we have in our life. And I think that um, really led to the um, how serious this was taken by a lot of a lot of people. I mean, you look back over the the years, and you know, from our perspective, like the lawsuit against Chloe for being or not against Chloe, Chloe bringing up for being forced to compete as a dude when she's not was a million years ago. And it took them five years to say, oh, look, we were wrong. And, you know, we're sitting back as CrossFitters saying, oh, but that's cool. They're fine. They made it better. And you kind of feel like a um, a battered wife or, or an abused dog, right? The, the dog still is going to love their owner, but the, you know, even if the owner abuses them, it's like we keep coming back to this thing and we have to keep coming back to it. And you have to look at what is it we keep coming back to? It's not CrossFit. It's not HQ. It's the communities that have been built around it. And I think for us and for the gyms that have de-affiliated, they understand that they created that. CrossFit didn't create the community that CrossFit Casco Bay has in Portland, Maine, that was able to bring in, you know, $8,000 for Outwad. CrossFit didn't create that. The gym owners did, Nick, and that their team, their community built that. So I think if you um, just kind of pull back and do a zoom out, sure, CrossFit created this methodology but that's all that they did it was on gym owners and gym goers and coaches to create those supportive atmospheres that we all go back to Um, because without those like you wouldn't go there right I don't go to Equinox for the community I go there for because they have you know good shower products so it's a different thing, right? You know, um, so I think with with all of the tumultuous stuff that's happened in the last few days, I think we're gonna kind of shine brighter as a community of community-based fitness because that's really what it is. It's not CrossFit; it's community-based fitness. We just happen to call it something. Um, and I think now with, you know, so many people disaffiliating and so many people just dropping the name of CrossFit, if I go and I search for fitness stuff in anywhere, I keep bringing back Portland, Maine, because here you are, um, <laughs> and, you know, here we are, uh, I'll find, you know, Casco Bay Fit, because I know it's a community-based fitness um, gym, not that it's a CrossFit gym. So, I don't know. For me, it's like, yeah, it sucks because rebranding is a total bitch, but you have to stand up for something. And at what point does the, you know, emotional abuse or, or how, much, how, how often or how much do we have to look past all these things that, that should have been red flags to our community? Um, Like, how many do we have to overlook until it's just, like, time to cut all ties? 
So that's what we're doing. We're cutting all ties. There's no, you know, CrossFit HQ is not a thing to us anymore. Greg Glassman is not a thing to us anymore. And it's kind of sucks because we thought that he did something really great for the queer community, but now it seems kind of empty in what he did. Like, was it lip service? Was it um, a, pu- a publicity stunt? Um, it kind of makes me take a, a look back at like how much I touted that you know, achievement and like, was I tricked? Did I, as a leader of, you know, queer crossfitters, did I just like trick us all? So I have to look at myself and be like, yeah, maybe, but you know, here we are. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is just like heartbreaking all around, you know, yeah. uh, for everybody. Yeah. I think a lot of people right now, at first, everybody is just really, you know, and they still are reacting, but a lot of people are just lost and, and confused and don't know what to do. And there's a large group of people that right away, you know, kind of said, we're out of this. And then there's the group of people that said, you know, we're sticking with it. Then there's this giant group of people that just have no idea what to do. And I like how you hit on the topic of community-based fitness, uh, because like we all said, all, all of us got in the game, you know, we're all doing it because we like being around each other. We love being there, having that support, having somebody to lift you up, teach you how to do new movements, regardless of, of where you come from, your background, anything. Um, so yeah, I am hoping, you know, and that as we go further here, people will get some more clarity, um, you know, and help with their decision making as well. Yeah. And we have, I'm going to promote our website we have a gym locator on our website so if you're looking for a queer affirming space that's in the you know formerly known as crossfit space you can go to our website and type in the city that you want to go to and they'll pop up Um, and tomorrow actually we're launching our self-report so there's going to be gyms that can submit themselves or submit themselves on there uploading different documents um, to show their inclusion in their like non-discrimination policies and whatnot so that we can build that um, map even bigger. So there's going to be a space that people will be able to go to and we want to be that that resource for them. And uh, well, I'll put all this in the show notes, you guys. You can check out links um, for OutWide, OutFoundation. Um, so I'll leave all that there. Is there is there any action that CrossFit HQ is there anything that they could do that would entice you or to to sort of reconsider your affiliation with them or is it just there's nothing for us for the foundation for Outwad no um, I mean yes there's always something they can do. I'll tell you what they can do. They can hire a black trans woman to run the company. Hire her as CEO, and then maybe we'll talk. But you know what they won't do (laughs) is, you know, if you want to talk about diversity, you don't replace, you know, you can't, it's the, the death leading the blind over there. And, you know, for all the faults that Greg has, um, I feel like uh, Dave has his own, like, and maybe not in the racial aspect, maybe not in you know his views, but like 
Dave was the one who brought Glock in as a sponsor to the CrossFit Games or to the regionals and was giving guns to winners. And you're like, read the room, bro. Like, this is not for everyone. And, you know, even that clip that came out on Morning Chalk Up or on, yeah, on Morning Chalk Up of like Dave avoiding the diversity question two years ago. It's like, you know there's a problem and you've been working in this company for so long. Why have you not addressed that problem? And now why are you as a leader who you were part of leadership to begin with, why now do you think or should we think that you're going to make any sort of change um, since you were already there for so long and you had the ear of the founder for a decade? You know, So too little too late for us. Um, obviously, we support the gyms who want to stay in like – we know a lot of people's success is surrounded by that name and, you know, we can't discount them for trying to protect their business. But I will tell you this and I will tell any gym that is thinking of keeping the CrossFit name is like you will do more damage to your gym as far as inclusivity goes and diversity goes by keeping CrossFit as the name. Like if you're looking to make your place more diverse... I would separate myself as far as I can from CrossFit. I've had emails from people today to be like, hey, we may not be able to host Outwad because y'all are still so closely tied to CrossFit. And I had to explain to them, we're not. Because they're like, our members are like so anti this. And, you know, it's a tough line to walk, but it's like my gym owner, Jess and Michael, they have a pride flag in their gym and they've always said, if someone walks into the gym and they have a problem with the pride flag, we don't want them there anyway. So if someone walks in and, you know, has, your gym still has um, this CrossFit, you're going to be putting some people away and they won't want to be there. So it's my two cents. <laughs> it's a tricky it's time. I think in a lot of, you know, small business owners or wrestling with that and based on location and you know there's a lot of factors that go into these right. decisions that you know sometimes it's a lose-lose exactly. almost and it's like how do we support them you know how do we ensure that they're doing the right thing but also you know doing the right thing for their, their members and themselves it's, it's just a hard it's a hard place to be Right. Because, you know, and I'm thinking, too, as we're talking and I've been thinking about this all week, it's like, how do we as a community, you know, support each other when we have, you know, certain gyms that are disaffiliating and those that are staying. But like Amy mentioned, there's just so many factors that go into why you might do that. And it's hard to understand why certain people are doing certain things. And the last thing we want is us within that to, to then be, you know, be fighting amongst each other. So trying to keep uh, some unity on that front, at least, I think is really important. Yeah, and it's all about, at the end of the day, I mean, why we started this was we wanted to highlight people that we know from this community who are doing good work. And that comes in many different flavors and certainly of diverse group of people that we know, um, you know, just doing good work. And we, we hope that that continues in whatever form that is or whatever that looks like or what it's called or whatever, but um, just keeping the good people together, doing good things for each other, for the world. That's the goal. 
you know. <laughs> so with that being said, Will, we ask everybody that comes on. So for anybody that you you know, it can be LGBTQ or whoever is going to start out their health and fitness journey. What's some advice you would give to somebody first starting out that you know doesn't know anything about it? Oh golly, one piece of advice. Um. Well, I'll start from the like. <laughs> What I always tell people, make sure you have a good pair of shoes. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Very important. <laughs> um, and find a space that you feel that you could call your home. If you walk into a space and you couldn't see yourself there every single day, you will not see yourself there every single day because you will not go. So if that means you have to try 10 different gyms until you find that one, so be it. But don't give up. Um, you know, I lived in Austin for two years. I tried three or four different gyms until I found the one that I felt most at home at. And it makes me go every single day. So it's really about, I don't give a shit what the workout is. I don't care if it's like step aerobics. If you feel at home in that step aerobics gym, go be there. You know, it's, you need to find a space that you could say, I can spend every day here and be a okay with that. So I think that's really it. Cause it's, as I always say, it's about community. It's less about fitness for us. And once you find community, you'll find fitness. And I think that's my one piece of advice. I I love, that's a great answer. That's the best one I've heard. Yeah, that should be on a t-shirt, I think. That last line you said, once you find community, you find fitness. Yeah, yeah I love brand that. that and put that on a t-shirt or something. Down. <laughs> you know I love you a t-shirt. Love a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we have our out-a-thon on June 26th, the last Friday of the, of the month, and it's a big fundraising, digital, performance art thing. Um, so we're going to have performances <laughs> by a bunch of different artists, uh, drag queens. Um, we're doing a live podcast recording of Outcast Podcast, and we're doing... Um, really just talking about our mission, talking about our programs, highlighting all the work that's being done and just trying to raise money through that. So if you're bored on June 26th from 6 to 9 Eastern, um, we'll be live streaming on YouTube and Facebook, that whole program. So it's going to be very fun. Um, And if you aren't available, you can watch it on YouTube and Facebook the next day because it'll just live there forever. But uh, our goal is to get as many viewers as we can live. um, And we're doing a bunch of live fundraising like games and stuff so that's the goal (laughs) yeah awesome well guys this was a great episode will thanks for coming on great discussion i will link um out foundation in the show notes you guys can check it out um would highly recommend uh, reaching out to these guys if you uh, want to have a local event as well so cool man thanks will thank you yeah